Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. I've had a very interesting week, very interesting week to the point where there's been a fair few conversations that have been had between me and a few others um, from other churches, other denominations. Um, me and my wife uh, have been having a fair few conversations in the sense of not not the, the fact of making prayer relevant in our lives uh, or even God relevant in our lives, but it's the, the fact that if we're wanting to have a relationship with the person that has created us, the, the person that has purposed us, that has our life planned out in front of us, and we are not praying and communicating with him, then how are we expecting anything to actually happen in our lives? God will still move in our lives whether we pray to him, whether we speak to him, whether we involve him in our lives, But how are we expected to know the directions and the choices to make from the person that has created and purposed us if we are not praying? So my challenge, this is the last, this is the last of the series and it's ironic that it's, it's prayer and it's probably one of the most pivotal things and it should actually be the first of the series because we really shouldn't be stepping into anything unless we've actually seek clarification from God. And one of the things that I've been journeying the last probably 18 to uh, 18 months to, to two years is that if God knows every part of me, he knows every, everything that is good for me and everything that is bad for me, but yet I'm not actually involving him in every breath that I actually take, then I'm actually not doing what I'm created to, uh, to do. I'm actually doing the things that I'm compelled to do and not what I'm purposed to do. So in saying that, we, we're covering this and this is, this is probably when I give you the information that I've been journeying this last week as I've been preparing this, uh, this message, you might turn around and go, that's information overload. But the thing is, is that as simple as prayer is, which is communication between us and our Father, us and our Creator, can you honestly turn around and say, my prayer life is pivotal in my life? Is it a priority in your life? Is it something that you do every part of your life? And I did this notion that I was introduced to last year. I I introduced you guys to it. Uh, at the beginning of this year, and that is, I know it sounds silly, but actually attaching God to everything, even a cup of coffee, and seeing how that changes your life, involving him in every decision that you make, whether it be you behind a steering wheel and there might be a road rage incident. How do you handle that? Do you actually give that to God? It may be something that has been dramatically happened in your life or in your family that normally in a human reaction you may just split second turn. Are you actually taking a step back, even if it's for a couple of seconds, and going, God, what do I do in this situation? Because if you're not, 
then you're relying on your own human compulsion, your own reactions out of your own human nature. So how do we pray? I've really enjoyed this series. I've really enjoyed this creating space for God to move, giving options of spiritual disciplines in our lives that we're able to sit there and go, all right, God, even through the busyness of my life, through the work that I do, uh, through the, the entertainment that I like to do, through the kids, through um, my family, through everything else that this world is trying to draw me into, I want to create, even if it is 20 minutes a week, to be able to let you move in my life. I may have never done it in my life, And I'm hoping throughout this whole nine weeks that you've at least taken that challenge for at least one of the week just to be able to experience a spiritual discipline. And I'm hoping from this this experience that you may be able to start putting things in your life that is not going to benefit the church but is actually going to benefit the kingdom and in turn will benefit you because you are purposed for the kingdom. Know that. God doesn't create us just for the sake of it. He doesn't make mistakes. And if he doesn't make mistakes, that where you are sent right now, where you are in your family, where you are in your your life, your Christian walk, that means that that's a purpose. There's a purpose in that, even though it may seem absolutely unfair at times because of things that are happening and the circumstances that you may be in. But what is God trying to say in that? So practically equipped, the last one of this series, and I'm hoping that you guys can join the, as Perth said at the beginning of the the service this morning, is that we've got Cheryl speaking into our Bible video devotion tomorrow. And then we've got Ian Allen, who's actually bringing a small group of people, which I guarantee you, you do not want to miss. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. I guarantee you, if you want to find an inspiration or an encouragement of the reason why you need to involve prayer in your life, then I don't care what you have on Wednesday night. At 7 o'clock, you drop everything and you join us on Zoom. That's as simple as that. And if you haven't joined us this series, make sure that it is a priority. At least join us for one, and this is the last one, so that's all I'm going to say. All right? So... We've gone through a whole heap of different um, spiritual disciplines uh, this series in the last nine weeks. We've gone through the likes of worship. We've gone through the spiritual disciplines of openness, relinquishment, sharing, hearing, incarnation, which was last, uh, last week. And this week is praying, the spiritual disciplines of praying. So praying in the spiritual disciplines is praying in my life. Practices that will lead you to pray without ceasing. Now, I found that interesting. When I actually meditated on just that that spot just there, pray without ceasing, that means pray in every circumstance. Now, a lot of the times, I don't know about you, but as I've been growing and maturing in my Christianity, a lot of the times I pray and I rely on God a lot when life is not fair, when life seems like it's not going right. When I'm struggling with something, I pray, and that's really the first thing that I go to in that circumstance. But as soon as life starts getting cruisy, as soon as life starts getting better and, and, and God is actually 
showing things in your life, you don't tend to sit there and go, I'm going to pray as my first priority. You tend to start putting that on the shelf and going, oh, actually, I can do this on my own. Well, that's what you're really saying if you're not praying. I'm a poet and I don't know it. So today we're going to go through the spiritual disciplines of praying. In that, we're going to go, I'm going to touch on this and this, this, um, uh, this week we're going to go into a little bit more. Is it the breath, the breath prayer, the centering prayer, the contemplative prayer, the conversational prayer, fasting, fixed hour prayer, inner healing prayer, uh, intercessory prayer, the labyrinth prayer, the listening prayer. All of these, you sit there and go, Oh my goodness, what are all these all about? I looked at them and I'm like, I didn't know there were so many prayers. But look, there is so many. This is this highlights how much we can actually involve um, prayer in our lives, but yet how often do we actually do it? Liturgical prayer is another one. We've got prayer of lament, prayer partners, prayer, uh, praying the scripture, prayer of uh, recollection, um, prayer walking and welcoming prayer. As I'm trying to get these slides to work. Beautiful. There we go. Next one. Okay, so what is prayer? Prayer is simply a word that describes a relationship. Have you ever heard prayer described as that? Prayer is actually a description of relationship. Prayer is a communication, and I guarantee you, if you didn't speak to your wife or your husband for uh, a year, what type of relationship do you think you're going to have? If you didn't speak to them for a day or a week, do you actually know what their plans, what their purpose, what their dreams for your family are? But yet we're expecting to actually just involve God in our lives or speak to God in our lives periodically or when we find time for it, to the creator, the person that actually purposed us. Think of that for the moment. So these disciplines we're going to go So the disciplines of prayer um, provide a pattern for attending to God throughout the day, in our everyday, not just on a Sunday or in ministries or, or church life, in our everyday. If we start opening up to God in our everyday, imagine what he can do when we're actually um, doing it for the church life or uh, walking with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. They can open us to a divine dialogue through intentional encounter with the Trinity. The prayer disciplines open our gaze and hearing to God. In the book, The Way of the Wild Heart, which is written by Henry Newans, he quotes um, a very, very pivotal quote, and it goes something like this. To pray is to descend with the mind into the heart, and there is where you stand before the face of the Lord, ever present, all seeing, and within you. It's a very powerful quote. Prayer is sustained less by duty, rather by a desire to connect. Less by duty rather by a desire to grow in intimacy and communion with the Holy Three. 
Our first one this morning is breath prayer. What is breath prayer? Breath prayer is a form of contemplative prayer linked to the rhythms of breathing. So think about it. You breathe in, calling on the biblical name or the image of God. You breathe out, a simple God-given desire. I heard just recently Jesus used to use the breath prayer. He used to breathe in God's desire and breathe out his works in everything that he did. He used to breathe in God's love so that he could show that in his actions and his speech, in everything that he did. Does your soul desire this? To pray a simple intimate prayer of heartfelt desire for God's work in your life. In First Thessalonians 5, it says this, always be joyful. In another translation or, or during the manuscripts of putting this together, uh, the, the author actually writes something that can be translated to this, be joyous in every season of your life. That is really, really hard to be joyous in every season of your life. You tell me somebody dies in your life, are you joyous about that? Tell you if you've lost a job in this in this recent thing, are you joyous about that? But this is actually telling us be joyous, be joyful, always be joyful. Not because of what you do or your circumstance, but because of who God is and where he's placed you. It goes on and says this, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. When I read this, I'm like, okay, be thankful in all circumstances. Conviction, conviction, conviction. And then goes on and says this, for this is God's will for you, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. These verses identify three areas of our life that we may must focus on. The first one is unbounding joy, undeniable joy. The second one is praying continually. doesn't matter what the circumstances is. And the third one is that in every circumstance, we need to give thanks to God. No matter what happens in our lives, really hard especially when we don't always have the joyful circumstances in our lives. Sometimes we feel like we're suffocated and and the last thing we want to do is pray and be joyful. But these three virtues combine to form the wonderful expression of Christ's love within us. Do you believe that the redeeming and resurrecting power that actually resurrected Jesus is actually living within you, then how come we don't tap into that? doesn't matter our age, doesn't matter our circumstance. Next one this morning is centering prayer. This is something that a lot of people do uh, first thing in the morning when they do their devotion, but we tend to forget about it when in the hectic of the day we sit there and go, we need to actually recenter ourselves. So centering prayer is a form of contemplative prayer where the prayer seeks the quiet, scattered thoughts and desires in the still center of Christ's presence. Does your soul desire this? 
to quiet the heart or your heart and rest in God alone. In Acts 17, 28, it says this, For in him we live and move and exist. He purposed us. So if we're in him we live, we move, and we exist. As some of, our, as some of your own poets have said, now in Acts, Luke wrote this, but what he's referring to here is when Paul was actually giving a sermon, and in his sermon he's speaking to the Greeks here. And what I find it here is that he turns around and he goes, we are his offspring, our lineage comes from him. This is another manuscript. Another manuscript actually says our nature comes from him, depending on how you actually translate it. That, that, that we are his offspring actually comes from the, the, the Aramaic transcript. And it's really interesting, but the Greek word of genos, which means kindred or family, it practically means that our genes, who we are, even though we are so different, they all come from him. As Paul preached to the, in Athens to the Greeks, he was quoting two classical Greek writers around the 270 BC. I, I can't pronounce their names, so I'm not going to even um, attempt it, but... That he, what he was doing was he was meeting the Greeks where they were. And he was actually, in this scripture, he was actually turning around saying, your poets were actually quoting Jesus before he was even born, 270 years before. So he knew the people that he was preaching to. Do you know the people that you're working with, that you're living amongst? Next one. Contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is a reception posture of openness to God. It is a way of waiting with a heart awake to God's presence and his word. This kind of prayer intentionally trusts and rests in the presence of the Holy Spirit deep in our own spirit in every situation. Does your soul desire this? to develop an open, restful, receptive to the Trinity that enables me or you, that enables you to always be with God. And this is the biggest kicker, exactly how you are. That enables you to be with God in every circumstance, in every situation, whatever life throws at you. In Colossians 1.27 it says this, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you, Gentiles too, are for you, Penrith, too. And this is the secret. It's not much of a secret, but this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Do you know that? Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing the glory that Jesus already lives in. You have the assurance of that. Don't wait until it's too late. 
In another version, in the, in the Passion Translation, it actually says this, and I love these words. It says, living with you, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. It goes on and goes, this mystery, I love these words, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure or a treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know it. I love this verse, and the reason why I put this in here is because most of most of you would have already, would have already received uh, what we're launching at 11:30 today, which is our new vision. And the new vision and mission for the church moving forward is building creative environments to bring the hope of Jesus. This verse practically turns around and goes, "The secret of Jesus's hope." God wants everyone to know it. So let's create opportunities to be able to share God's hope, to be able to share Jesus' hope that he has already portrayed. I don't know, I'm getting a little bit excited, so I'll slow down a little bit. Conversational prayer. Next one. (laughs) Praying conversationally engages two or more people in a shared dialogue with God. Practically having a conversation, whether it be you and God, whether it be you and a group of people and God, where one or two gather, God is present. But this is, conversational prayer is focusing on one topic at a time. Each each participant takes turns praying a few short sentences. Our prayer group on a Friday does this really, really well. But do we desire that, no matter what our age no matter what our circumstance, do we desire this? To talk naturally and unselfish, unselfishly to God in group prayer times with others. In Philippians 4, 6, it says this, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and I love this, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Tell him what you need and thank him in advance because you know that he's going to show up for your best interests. If it's a red light in prayer, in your requests, he knows that there's something bigger that's going to come. If it's a yellow light in prayer, it may just mean I'm not saying no, it just may be not yet. And if it's a green light, run as fast as you can because God's got you holding. The next one is fasting. A fast is the self-denial of normal necessities in order to intentionally attend to God in prayer. Bringing attachments and cravings to the surface opens up a place of prayer. This physical awareness of emptiness is the reminder to turn to Jesus who alone can satisfy all needs. Does your soul desire this? I don't know whether you've tried fasting before or or, or you've thought about fasting or it's never come across. But for the right intentions, the right motives, the right reason behind, it is extremely powerful and that's from my own uh, my own experiences.
Does your soul desire this? To let go of the appetite, and it doesn't need to be just food, guys. Let go of the appetite in order to seek God on matters of deep concern for others, yourself, or the world. Old Testament saints fasted at times of mourning and national repentance. They fasted when they needed strength or mercy uh, to persevere and when they wanted a word from God. You can find these in 1 Samuel, Nehemiah and Esther. Jesus began his ministry with a 40-day fast. He also practiced fasting before healings and to overcome temptation. The New Testament church sometimes fasted when they sought God's will and needed the grace and strength to remain faithful to God's work. They were also fasting there was there was also fasting times linked to times of worship. So when they were coming together for worship, they used to fast. You can find that in Acts 13. Fasting reminds us that we care about soul things rather than what goes into our bodies whether that be through our eyes, our ears, our gut, our mouth. Fasting reminds us that we care about soul things. We care about the church, the church as a whole, that we care about the world. We care about about doing God's will. And in saying this, we are willingly setting aside a little discomfort so that we can listen and attend to the voice and the nourishment of God alone. For God can give us grace and comfort and nurture that we cannot get on our own. Our next one this morning is fixed hour prayer. Fixed hour prayer calls for regular and consistent prayer patterns of attending to God throughout the day. Now, a lot of Different religions do this, and people think as soon as you hear a fixed hour of prayer that that's not a Christian thing to do. Well, really it is. And it's actually really good for people that actually are wanting to intentionally seek God but actually need to have that reminder set in their phone or their diary to actually set aside this time for God to show up in different ways. Does your soul desire this, to stop my work and and pray throughout the day? In Acts 3, 1, it says this, and the disciples learnt from Jesus how to do this and they modelled it again when in the start of the early church, is that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon and it was particular, they actually said, to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. Now, in the times, they used to open up the temples in the morning and the night for sacrifice and prayer. But this was a fixed hour thing. This was soul desire, that. Next one is inner healing prayer. Don't know what's going on in your life, but I know that God knows, so maybe this is something for yourself, is to pray for inner healing invites those with emotional wounds to enter the safe and healing presence of Jesus. In this safe place, those seeking wholeness and freedom open themselves to listen to Jesus and the words he wants to say to them. Does your soul desire this, to assist the emotionally broken and wounded as they seek God for healing only he can give? Now, I'm going to remodel that. You don't need to assist the emotionally broken. 
you need to be there, but it could also be you as well. Are you wounded and just wanting to be able to seek Jesus? And the only input that he can only give. In James 5.15 it says this, Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Greek word in the transcripts when they were putting this together for sick is kamno, kamno. I don't have my Greek person here to be able to um, tell me if I'm pronouncing it right, but kamno, which can also mean those who are weary and worn down. It doesn't mean that you have to be just sick, like physically sick. It can also mean those that who are weary and worn down. And in the context of this verse, this word could actually possibly mean and refer to the believers who are burnt out in life, that are emotionally drained, leaving them completely and spiritually weak. It goes on and says, and the Lord will make you well. So such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Other manuscripts say that they will, that the Lord will restore you, restore your health, restore your spirit, restore your guidance, put you back on the train track. This could also be a subtle hint of a new res- resurrection if you pray in this, a resurrection in your life, a resurrection in your faith, a resurrection in your, your well-being. But here's the kicker. And if you have committed any sin, you will be forgiven. If you step forward in this way of praying and you've committed any sin and you've acknowledged that, you will. It doesn't say you might be forgiven. It doesn't say there is a possibility for you to be forgiven. It says you will be forgiven. It goes on and says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest or heartfelt or from the heart prayer of a righteous person has great power that produces wonderful results. I want a whole army of those people around me. How good would that be? A whole army of people that have heartfelt from the heart prayer, whether I'm in a bad moment or a good moment, how would it be if you were that person for somebody else? Next one this morning is intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer invites us into God's care and concern for us, no matter what's going on in the world. Our families, our friends, and the entire world, it invites us into God's care and concern. No concern is too trivial for God to receive with loving attention. However, intercession is not the means of manipulating heaven into doing our will. I'm going to repeat that again. Intercession is not the means to manipulate heaven into doing our will. Rather, it's the way we become aware of God's prayer for a person and joining in that intercession. Does your soul desire this? To turn your concerns and your worries into prayer, to enter God's heart for the world and then to pray from there. In Romans 8.27 it says this, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. When we pray and we intercess, 
We're not just praying on our own. We're praying with the Spirit. God, the heart searcher. God searches our hearts. He's a heart searcher. He knows what's in our heart. He knows where our heart is in every circumstances. God searches our hearts not just to uncover the wrong that we're doing or the sin that we're doing, but to fill the true desire of our hearts and to let it become into its full fruition. Grace always, always, always triumphs over judgment when it comes to God. Next one is a labyrinth prayer. Labyrinth prayer is a contemplative spiritual discipline on a simple marked path that is based on an ancient practice of pilgrimage. On a pilgrimage, a pilgrim uh, intentionally leaves the world and journeys away from the noise and distractions of life, eventually arrives and rests with Christ, and the last one, and then he returns home to live more deliberately and obedient to Christ's own direction. Does your soul desire this? To make a quiet listening pilgrim midge, the quiet listening pilgrimage to God, for God. Next one this morning is listening prayer. Listening prayer allows to set allows God to set the agenda, sorry. Listening prayer allows God to set the agenda for prayer and responds to the world that is given or the word that is given, sorry. Does your soul desire this, to quiet the inner and outer noises so that your heart can listen for God's voice? In Revelations 3.20, yes, I'm going into Revelations. A lot of people go, don't go to Revelations. I'm going into Revelations 3.20. It says this, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, and this is not the physical sense, this is the door of your heart. If your heart is open to hear his voice and you open the door within, I will come in. It's not a matter, as I was saying before, a lot of the times we are our own limitations. We are the ones that put up barriers for God to actually move within us. I don't know about you, but for the resurrection power to actually be existent in me, I have, I have to allow that to happen. But I tend to get in the way. I tend to put barriers up. I tend to turn around and go, no, that scares me, so I'm just going to leave that over there and I'm just going to do what I can do physically as a human being, Adam Miller here in Penrith. Whereas God's actually saying, no, I didn't send my son down for you to limit me in 2020. I didn't send my son to, to suffer what he suffered for you to sit curling up in a ball going, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. He's standing at the door and knocking. Will you let him in? And then it says, and I, and we will share a meal together as friends. We will share a meal together as friends. Next one is a word that I struggle to say, so I'm just going to, I'm going to give it my best shot. Ready? Liturgical. 
I don't know. I didn't know what it meant. There we go. Liturgical prayer. Liturgical prayer is a written or memorized prayer that serves as a framework for individual or corporate worship and devotion. Does your soul desire this? Remember, we've got our prayer gathering coming up in, two, in two, um, Tuesday, so we're going to make sure that this is we do a liturgical prayer to open myself to God's uh, to God through establishing patterns and traditions of written prayers and readings. In Deuteronomy 31, it says this, Call them all together, men, women, children, and foreigners living in your towns, so that they may hear this book of instructions and learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully obey the terms of these instructions. The next part, I I wasn't going to put this in, but I'm going to put it in because I'm a big believer that if we are walking before somebody, that we can actually be the influence in their lives. So listen to this next bit. This next bit is... Do this so that your children, not just the one that you've birthed, not not just the one that you parent, but the people that are coming up, I don't care what their age is, they may have just found Christ, they may have been Christians for a while. Do this so that your children, the people in your community, the people that look to you for, for advice or influence, do this so that your children will not... Uh, who have not known these instructions will hear them. And will learn to fear the Lord your God. And this is the big kicker here. You don't just pick and choose when you do it. You do this as long as you live in the land. You do this as long as you live in the land. Whether you're working or whether you're retired. Prayer of lament is the next one. Prayers of lament are all uh, ways of uh, approaching God uh, with the realities of sorrow, frustration, and angst that consume and uh, distract. Does your soul desire this? To take your complaints, your anger, your sufferings, your frustrations, your heartaches to God instead of trying to deal with them yourself. Sometimes the best response to the brokenness of this world and your own life is a mixture of tears and prayers. Something about them puts us into a solidarity with human misery. And at the end of our own known resources, we seem to be wired to weep when we are at the end of our tether, when we don't know where to go and it just feels like We don't know what to do. Human nature, doesn't matter whether you're six foot eight and um, 115 kilo, I still am wired when I'm at the end of my tether just to weep. In fact, research on tears confirms that the actual tears or you actually crying washes away toxins and releases endorphins that help us restore psychological balance within our spirit, within our minds, within within our self. It actually restores us. So tears and prayers of lament won't solve the problem. It won't solve the problems of suffering. It won't solve the problems that are going on in your your world, but they can... they They can stanch a raw nerve of pain by throwing us and this is where I love this, it actually throws us into the arms of God, into the reliance of God. 
I only got a couple more guys. Next one is prayer partners. This is a big one, I think, anyway. Prayer partners. Prayer partners agree to support one another and pray together for their own concerns as well as the world affairs. They engage in regular and consistent times of shared intercession together. Together. We are created to be together. Does your soul desire this? To share the journey of prayer with a trusted companion. It's what I love about churches, what I love about small groups, is that we pray with one another, we journey with one another. And what would be awesome is that this week, Judy, uh, via the office at email, gets inundated by people wanting to actually come back and pray together and journey together in the physical sense for next, uh, next week. Let's inundate her with uh, emails so that we actually have to make a decision. That'll be good. Does your soul desire this? Back on track, Adam, back on track. To share the journey of prayer with a trusted companion, whether that be a group of people, whether that be one, two, or, or many people, or even a whole church, because even Jesus desired to have prayer partners. And we find this in Mark 14. He says this, they went away to pray and he took people away to pray with him. But then when he returned, he goes, then he returned, he found his disciples asleep. He then turns around and he goes, he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even an hour? In another translation, it actually says, couldn't you be diligent? Isn't your heart enough to actually pray with me for an hour? He then turns around and sees it as a teaching moment and he goes, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Temptations of this world, temptations of your own self to be able to sit there and and go, hang on, I hear what my friend is saying. I'll pray for them, but I'm only going to pray for them for a certain amount of time because that's what suits me. Then goes, Jesus turns around and goes, for the spirit is willing and the body is weak. For the spirit is willing and the body is weak. Our next one is praying the scripture. And sorry for skipping forward and you could do, uh, you could do a whole section on, uh, a whole sermon on each one of these. So as we're wrapping up this morning, we've only got a couple left. Praying the scripture allows God to direct the content of prayer as you're reading the scripture. It opens the heart to praying particular prayers, psalms, teachings, and hopes found in the Bible, in the word of God, in the breath of God. Does your soul desire this? To allow God to shape my prayer through, through the words of Scripture. In John 5, it says this. You search the Scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life. But the Scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to receive this life. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees here. Don't just read the words on a piece of paper. Pray through them and allow God to speak to you personally. Prayer of recollection. recollection. Prayer of recollection represents the specifically restful attitude of uh, collecting, um, oh, sorry, connecting with the reality of God in me. As we let go of distractions, this prayer recalls the soul to its true center, its purpose 
center and then connects with the identity of Christ? Does your soul desire this, to rest in God, allow him to calm and heal your fragile, fragmented and distracted self? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry burdens, and I will give you rest. In another version, in, in another manuscript, it actually says not just rest. It goes, I will refresh and restore your life, for I am your oasis. Prayer walking. And this is the second last one for this morning. So prayer walking. I've only just been introduced to this one and I really love it because I, I try to do it every Friday. Is prayer walking is a way, and I've, I've done prayer writing and everything like that, so it's, it's actually really, really good to be able to do something out of it. Is that you can do it in yourself, you can do it in groups. But prayer walking is a way of physically walking with Jesus through places, whether they be hospitals, homes, communities, businesses, churches, schools, playground, housing projects, um, service agencies, countries, or, or anything cities, you you walk through them, that they are connected or concerned about. From the vantage point of proximity, prayers for the kingdom to come and for them to be offered to God. Does your soul desire this? To align yourself while walking in particular places intentionally with Christ and his intercession for the kingdom to come in that certain place. Prayer walking is a way of saturate, uh, saturation uh, and saturating a particular place and people with prayer. You can do it, as I said before, you can do it individually or you can do it as groups. This discipline draws out the prayers that is limited to our immediate concerns and into a larger circle of God's loving attention. Us as a church are looking for a new premises to go into. So how about we individually and as a group start praying into certain locations and where God wants us to go, not where we want to go? Last one this morning is welcoming prayer. Welcoming prayer is a way to detach from my needs to be secure and liked and in control and attach to the presence of Jesus instead. Does your soul desire this, to welcome Jesus into every part of your life, into your body, into your circumstances, and into your relationship? Matthew 6.10, it says this, your kingdom will come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can guarantee you everyone can probably recite that part, but do they actually implement that into their life? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So many people know that verse, but do they know that verse? In Mark 9, it says this, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. Doing a lot of youth work, and and uh, speaking into people's lives and the journey that I've been on myself, I hear a lot of people turn around and go, well, I actually don't know what prayer is. Prayer is actually really, really simple. And if you need something to actually get you to, to pray or, or know how to pray, as we wrap this up this morning, um, is that you can simply do it by the word of ACTS. And the acronym of ACTS, you can do it this way. 
is A, is the adoration of God and his character, his plans and his purpose, not only for you, but for the people around you. C is confession. Confession, uh, confession of anything that uh, within us that is a broken relationship, whether that be in a physical sense or whether that be in a mental sense. A broken relationship, naming anything in your life that will hinder you in serving God in prayer and serving him in his kingdom. T is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for God's presence, blessings, word and goodness, whether that be thankful for what is already done or what is yet to come. And last one is S, is supplication. Supplication for the world, ourselves and those who live, whose lives are closely linked with ours whoever we come into contact with. If you need it even more simple than an acronym like that, prayer is simply talking with God. Give it a try and see what happens. Even if it's just for the 20 minutes this this week, I don't care if it's a minute a day, give it a try and see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? I know what the best could happen, but what's the worst that could happen? Thank you for joining us today, guys. Uh, I know it was a long thing because I've uh, had that placed on my heart, but uh, I'm thank- I thank you for hanging in there, uh, guys. Uh, remember, 11.30 today, for those that call Penrith Home, make sure that you log in to Zoom. You find those details uh, via our social media, and it's also been sent out to you in email. Um, look. It's been a pleasure to be able to um, join with you this morning. I'm hoping that you got a lot out of this morning. I'm hoping that um, there is something that you can take, that you can just implement into your life that is not just going to be something that, yeah, that was a great um, a great session or a great morning or a great service, but this is something that is compelling and changing in your life. As I said, guys, uh, the church... Uh, we are able to, uh, to, 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 to meet physically. I was tongue-tied there, to meet physically. Um, so make sure that you uh, inundate Judy at office at cfcpenrith.org with your intentions of coming next week because uh, next week is our, uh, our generation service where we celebrate everything, all generations. Let me pray and then I'm going to let you guys for the re- go for the rest of the day. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. But, Lord, I just pray that you go before us like you always say that you will go with us. But, Lord, I pray that you go before us this week. I pray that we are compelled to speak, to communicate, to set aside time to be able to commune with you, our creator. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.